Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid of what you just heard in there. Because you're going to hear about God's faithfulness tonight to his children. So we don't have to fear. Even though the enemy rages like a roaring lion, we do not have to fear. And I want to add, so besides prayer, because some of you might say, how can I pray all day long? I don't have that anointing or whatever. Worship. Worship. Put on praise music and just worship the Lord for who he is. Because the bigger he is, everything pales. And if we want to be women of faith, we have to see him. The one who's faithful. He's faithful. So we are going through becoming a woman of faith. And... I do want to read two paragraphs here, if I can. But before I do that, let me just pray. I want to pray again. Lord, I'm so grateful that you are moving in our time. You are speaking so clearly to us of how you want to use our lives during this time, how you want us to be consecrated to you in all areas. So the glory of God can be revealed through these vessels of clay, Lord, the treasure, the treasure that's in these earthen vessels. It's a mystery and it's a wonder, Lord. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that as we have this time tonight, that you would impart to each and every one of us what is needed. Lord, only you know that. I don't know what any of these women need, but you do and I pray as we look at this topic of your faithfulness, that you would do something radical inside of our hearts, Lord, in this area of knowing you as Abba. You are Abba Father. A Father who can be trusted at all times, no matter what. We see what's happening, whether in the world or in our own personal life. Help us to get a sight of you who is seated on the throne and Jesus at the right hand of the Father with all authority that's been given to you on heaven and earth, Lord. Help us to walk in that reality, I pray, Jesus, and speak to our hearts tonight in your name. I'm asking these things. Amen. Amen. So I want to read this because it says, Comprehending the faithfulness of God is crucial to becoming a woman of faith. How can we have a vital faith in someone we're not sure is faithful? The writer, uh, Cynthia Hield, H-E-A-L-D, it's the last name. She said, I like Proverbs 25, 19, which says confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joint. Think about the times you've had a toothache or your foot hurt. <laughs> Saying confidence in an unfaithful man is like that. The scripture vividly describes the distressing results and disappointment of misplaced faith. So as we're listening to this, ask yourself, where is my faith really? What do I really put my hope in? What do I really believe in? The recipient of our faith often determines the measure of our faith. The Hebrew word for faith means firmness and steadiness. Firmness and steadiness. This word is used to describe the absolute dependability of God's character. Because God is firm and steady 
You can put your weight on him. You can lean into him when everything else is shaking. We can lean into him. He will hold you securely and steadfastly. And I know there's women in this room that know that to be true. Times you thought you were going to totally lose it, but you leaned into God. And here you are in your right frame of mind. You're not crazy. I'm not crazy. The faithfulness of God. How would you define trusting based on what we just heard? How would you define what trusting God is? Right? But what does that mean? Said, yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. That I believe him at his word. Believe his word. God, you said it. It is so. You said it is so. Do as you said. Do as you said. Because you said it. And if you said it, it's so. I don't have to doubt what you say. Because you're the only one that's faithful and true to keep your word, to keep your promises. And how do we know that's true? Israel. Yes. Yeah. The nation of Israel. All the promises. And here, in our generation, we get to see Israel. I think God keeps yes. his word? Yes. You think he's faithful? He is. Yes. Trust is assured reliance on the character, the ability, the strength, and the truth of God. I love those words. The character, the ability, the strength, and the truth of God. And you know, I like sitting in the back every now and then, because I could sit back there and pray for different ones that I know you know what's going on but I'm also observing things back there and I saw something in one service that was so precious Joe had Ember and he was walking with her and he was holding her face in the crowd but he was holding her in his arms while she was observing her surroundings leaning on his chest close to his heart you could tell she felt safe there because her surroundings were kind of unfamiliar to her. Can I really trust? Can I really trust? But yet there was daddy holding her to his heart. She could see it, she felt safe. She was safe there. The same night, Ken was holding Everly. And it was neat to see she was leaning on his chest, resting her head on his shoulder. Again, close to his heart. I feel safe here in daddy's arms. I don't have to worry about anything because I know daddy's going to take care of me. That same night, Jason was holding Tamara. It was awesome. I was observing, taking all these thoughts. I was like, oh, this is good stuff back here. <laughs> he was holding her in his arms. It was neat. He was rocking her like this. And walking around and rocking her, and she fell asleep. And then he just held her so tenderly, close to his chest. This is how God wants us to be with him. He wants us to be this way with him. He's our Abba Father. See, Ember, Everly, and Tamar was safe and secure in their father's hearts, and I'm sorry, mommies, but they're flawed men, <laughs> right? I mean, they're flawed men, but God isn't. And I know some of you think the world of your husbands, but God is perfect, and he's faithful at all times. And he wants us to know that, his faithfulness, because like we heard, he is going to pour out his spirit, but there's a reason why he's doing it. We need to know his faithfulness for the days we're going into. We're going to need his Holy Spirit. 
We're not going to be able to do what he's calling us to do in our own strength. But we got to know who he is. That in the midst of whatever tomorrow holds, we can rest in him. Come to that place of rest. How much more should we be that way with our Heavenly Father? He's totally flawless. Totally flawless. Remember, trust is assured reliance on his character, his ability, his strength, and the truth of what he has said about himself. We've been adopted. If we've been truly born again of the Holy Spirit, we've been adopted into the family of God. We're his daughters. And we are the bride of Christ. Two things the Lord keeps speaking to me. You're my daughter, and you are the bride of Christ. That's your identity. That's it. That's your identity. You are in Christ if you've been born again. A.W. Tozer, in the knowledge of the holy, he said, Upon God's faithfulness rests our whole hope of future blessedness. Only as he is faithful will his covenant stand and his promises be honored. Only as we have complete assurance that he is faithful, may we live in peace and look forward with assurance to the life to come. The tempted, the anxious, the fearful, the discouraged may all find new hope and cheer in the knowledge of our Heavenly Father that he is faithful. So... Why do we need to really believe this about God? Why do we need to believe, really believe that God is faithful? Well, how can you trust someone if you don't think they're faithful? Yeah, good. How can you trust someone if you don't think someone's faithful? You are 100% right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, reality is, God is faithful. He's totally trustworthy. It's who he is. We see this in Numbers 23, 19. It's not in your notes. I, read, I was reading this this morning. I was like, I have to add this in here. It says it right here. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Yeah. When we look at the scriptures, we see God is acknowledged, praised, extolled. In the lives of every generation that has gone before us, including ours. Including ours. The fact that we all still sit here, that he hasn't totally, utterly destroyed planet Earth with all of us human beings on it. His mercy does endure forever. Great is his faithfulness. We don't deserve it. We really don't deserve it. But it's who he is. It's because of who he is. And that should make us like want to just bow at his feet, just fall at his feet, because we know, Lord, I'm so unworthy. I am so unworthy. And bowing at your feet is a, a beautiful thing for me to do because you are so wonderful and so magnificent, and there is no one else like you, no one else I could trust like you, because you've always been there for me. You've always been there for me. Even when I don't feel you, you're there for me. Why? Because scripture tells me. Scripture tells me. Deuteronomy 32 verse 4, I'm going to read this from the Amplified. It says, the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness without iniquity. Injustice. He's just and upright. Is he? 
Do we need this now in our culture, in our generation to know this? Yeah. Why? Because everything is shaking, right? Do you think a man can fix this? No. Good. Good. I'm glad. Why? Why can't a man fix this? We just, he's flawed. Yeah, we just read it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a bad tooth or a foot out of joint. He's unfaithful. But not God. God is faithful. We can trust him. Psalm 36, 5 says, Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Every time we look at the clouds, we can think on God, how faithful you have been to me. You know, as we're sitting outside and looking up when the weather's nice, just looking up in the sky, wondering, what's it going to be like when Jesus comes back? But realizing, wow, the, the, the clouds, the clouds are your footsteps, Nahum said. But his faithfulness reaches up to the clouds. How high is that? Psalm 119, verse 90 and verse 138 says, Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. Your testimonies which you have commanded are righteous and very faithful. And again, do we see this? From the beginning of time when Adam and Eve was created, we see God's faithfulness in each and every one of the lives of the people we read about in the Bible that really existed, that were really here on planet Earth at one time in history. We see God's faithfulness all the way up until our time. He's still. It's who he is. It's his character. And he doesn't change. That's the wonderful thing. It's Hebrew 13, 8 says Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. So in Hebrews 10, 23, we're told, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. If he says, I'm coming back, he's going to come back. If he says, I'm going to establish my millennial reign on the earth one day, he's going to do that. If he says a great tribulation is coming, that's going to happen. You know what I mean? His word is faithful. If he says everything that is going to be shaken will be shaken, so the things that cannot be shaken will remain. Basically what we heard tonight, get the idols out, shake it all out, so that what will remain forever for eternity will be the only thing that's there in my heart, which is just Jesus and wanting to be with him and wanting to be like him and wanting to be about all his business. The father's business, like Jesus was. There should be that cry in our heart. If there's not that cry, then we have to look at, oh, why? Why? So we've seen God's faithfulness, right, in our own lives. Think about from when you were born, in your mother's womb. The minute you came out of your mother's womb, maybe you didn't have a good upbringing. But can you see God's faithfulness in the midst of that? To get you where you are today? It's truly a miracle. It is a miracle. Jeremiah in Lamentations 3 verses 22 and 23, he said, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions they fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Isn't that good news? Every morning we wake up, it's another opportunity for us to see God's faithfulness to us in our own life, personal in a personal and real way. And he comes in so many different ways to us to reveal that to us, that he really can be trusted. He really can be trusted. He knows. He knows everything about us. In Psalm 89, verses 1 and 2, Ethan says, we see he writes about God's absolute trustworthiness, and he says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I'm going to sing of his mercies, and I'm, 
I'm going to be doing this forever. People are getting upset over worship services that last long and the people singing for hours and hours and hours. I mean, what do you think we're going to do in heaven when we see him? From every tribe, tongue, and nation, worshiping and praising him for who he is. Why? Because of the mercies he's had on us. And we're not going to get tired of it. There's no flesh, there's no hindrance, but why do we do it? Because he's faithful. He's faithful. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. What if the saints of old did not write down what we read in the Bible? We wouldn't know about God's faithfulness. But there's an account here that's been passed on from generation to generation to generation to generation to generation to generation to to our generation to their generation. It's being passed on. The reality that God is. He really is. He does exist. He's not a myth. He's not a fairy tale. It's not just a nice little story we're reading about. The psalm says, for I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen and sworn to my servant David. Your seed I will establish forever and build up your throne to all generations, referring to Jesus. Jesus comes from the seed of David. And God has kept his promise. He's made a covenant. His throne is forever. Nothing can change that. Even in our generation, we see this, don't we? God reaching Generation Z and the Alpha Generation, reaching out to them. We saw miracles here Sunday. God reaching out children. What about the kids at Meadowview? Testimony Monday night. What God's doing there. He's passing that knowledge of himself on to the next generation and the next generation, however long he tarries. The reality that he's faithful. And if we're born again of the spirit, he's Abba Father. He is a father to us. We, the last Bible study we did was on that. The Lord just changed my direction, remember? And we looked at Abba Father, our Heavenly Father. In verses 5 and 8 of the same psalm, it says, And the heavens will praise your wonders. We do that now. Here, we praise his wonders. When we get together, it's like, Lord, you're so amazing. You're amazing. The things that you do. How you interact with your creation. How you discipline us, too, because you love us. How you point out those things, or like Diane prayed, you bring that fire to burn out all the impurities in my heart, Lord. I'm going to praise those wonders. I mean, how do you do that, man? Why would you even listen to us when we pray and ask for that? to be done in our lives or the lives of a loved one. Why would you even want to bother with us, Lord? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a wonder? You can't help but praise. When you're in awe of him, of who he is, the rest of the verse, uh, Psalm says, your faithfulness also is in the assembly of saints. We see that when we come together. And we testify of who he is and, and sing about the songs, the reality that he's made real to us, they're not songs, they're our reality that we're voicing back to him. We're singing, it's our reality. Yes, Lord, you are this and even more, even more. For who in the heavens can compare to the Lord? No one. (laughs) Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened to the Lord? No one. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of his saints. He's teaching us that, right? And to be held in reverence by those around him. He's teaching us that, right? How to fear him, how to be in in 
awe, in, in reverence of who he is. O Lord, God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O Lord? No one. Your faithfulness also surrounds you. We could take comfort in this, even though the enemy may seek to roar his head at us during this time. We can rest in God. Your faithfulness surrounds you. So if I draw near to you, your faithfulness is going to surround me too. And nothing can happen to me or be done to me unless you allow it. We see that with Job. When Satan came to his throne, God's throne. What about Job? He's upright. He's righteous. Can I sift him? I mean, can I like mess up his life? And what did God say? Yeah. But don't touch his body. Don't touch his person, soul. So how do we remember God's faithfulness? We have to really re rehearse frequently how we've experienced God's love in such a personal way. And that's why I like writing. I mean, I just, I like writing it down. And you could get it in a journal and write it. And I love how Jesse shared a while ago, I don't even know if she realized that she shared it about how at the end of the year she reads her journals. And I said, man, that's a great idea to do that. So what I've been doing at the end of the month, just reading everything I have written down, is like, man, Lord, you're just like so amazing. You're so amazing. Yeah, because it reminds us that I can trust you. I don't know how this is going to be taken care of. I don't know when it's going to be taken care of. But I can trust you because you're faithful. You've never failed me in the past. You've never failed me. You know, it's neat. When we went to um, Asbury, the first time when I walked in there, it just was very sweet. It was just very sweet there. And uh, we went with two people that we were in ministry with. Actually, three people that we were in ministry with before. And they had you, like, share with the group you were with just things on your heart and just... They asked some questions. I forgot the questions. There were like five questions that a revivalist would ask people to see where they're at. How's your soul's care? To soul care? One was the question. So as they told us to break in groups and ask the group we were with those five questions, we got brutally honest with one another. And it was neat because I had mentioned how the Lord's been challenging me to believe him as Abba, right? So I'm pouring out just what well, I'm pouring out. And when we were done, they went up on the platforms, one someone from there, and said, okay, now we all need to pray as a body that we would know him as Abba and that we are sons and daughters. And I was like... Okay, God wants to drill this home. I don't know why. I don't know what's on the horizon. None of us do. But he's obviously wanting to drill this home. So, when we look at the saints that have gone before us, Moses, the psalmist, the disciples, they all testify, right, of God's steadfastness. That he's steadfast. No matter what culture they were living in, the times they were living in, that he was the one that they could cling to. Cling to him. And we see God's faithfulness is active in our daily life. Right? As we're doing life every single day, 
1 Corinthians 1, verse 4 through 9, the Apostle Paul wrote, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Jesus Christ, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So when you look at that scripture, you hear what the Apostle Paul said. How does this speak of God's faithfulness? What does he promise us? He promises us one thing. When we stand before the Lord, that you may be blameless. Do you really believe that? Scripture says God is faithful. By whom you were called into the fellowship of the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you really believe this? Yes. So that means we are blameless. Yeah. He clothes us in his robe of righteousness. But do we really believe? God is faithful. Philippians 1, verse 3 through 6. This all comes from the Bible study, the scriptures. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship and fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. How does the scripture speak about God's faithfulness? He started a good work in you, but he's going to complete it all the way to the end. Especially if you're repenting. You know you're a wretch. I would say the ladies in this room know we're a bunch of wretches. But do you have a cry in your heart? Jesus, please change me. I don't want to be this way. Don't you think he sees that? Do you really believe that he's going to complete this work? Remember, we're looking at his faithfulness to us, his children. How about this one, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So when we're tempted, do we really believe God is faithful to help us through that temptation? What about this one, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do we really believe that about God? 
Or do we keep confessing the same thing over and over because we really don't believe he really has forgiven us? Bringing up stuff from 20 years ago. He's faithful. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6, says, Let your conduct be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do we really believe that? In his faithfulness in that way. Commentary on that portion of scripture by Jerry Bridges says, the Puritan preacher Thomas Sly remarked that in this passage, the Greek has given negatives and may thus be rendered. I mean, you could read it this way. I will not, not leave thee, neither will I not, not forsake thee. Five times in that portion of scripture, God emphasizes to us that he will not forsake us. He wants us to firmly grasp the truth that whatever circumstances may indicate, we may believe on the basis of his promise that he has not forsaken us or left us to the mercy of those circumstances. How many of us really believe that? I had, um, I think I shared with you when we did the class on our Heavenly Father that it came from a book that a counselor that I knew years ago had told me she had read through and I bought the book but I never read it so it's been sitting in a basket with other books and I just went by it. Some of you have heard the story and I felt like the Lord said you need to read it. Now's the time to read it. And that's when he started showing me all this I'm a father and daughter and all this stuff. But man, as I'm reading it, he hit an area of my heart. You know, you're praying, show me idols. And I've always had this fear that I'm going to be abandoned when I get old. I do. And it's like, man, God's always speaking to it. He's, for years, he's always speaking to that fear. But as I'm reading through this book, I'm like, Lord, all right, I see I have this idle fear of abandonment. So I'm like, but you, you wouldn't abandon me. That's what he's showing me as I'm reading through this book. But I'm saying, where is this coming from? Because I'm so tired of believing a lie, like Jeff was saying. The enemy comes, speaks to you, and you believe a lie. So you have an idol there, but then the enemy speaks to that idol. We sit there listening, and it's like, yeah, we're believing more that rather than what God's word says. And it's all rooted from my past with my dad, even when I was a kid, feeling abandoned. And that fear had a stronghold there for the future. That if something happens to Jeff, I don't have any, you know, um, when we went into ministry, we, 401ks, all that, we just walked away from everything. Everything. So we don't have. But the Lord keeps saying, I'm the one who's going to take care of you. David said, I've been young and I've been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the seed, his seed begging for bread. And I've had to hold on to that scripture. But it was such a blessing reading through that. It was like, Lord, that's where that comes from. And I just have to just put it behind me. But God, you said. You know, what I share with you comes from my own life and my own testimony when I teach. But God, you said it's what I have to do. I have to believe what you said. You're faithful. And going to that revival and then hearing that, I was like, okay, you're really like speaking. But then it makes me wonder how many other women struggle with the same thing. Fear of abandonment. 
abandonment. You don't have to be afraid. Because we read in Hebrews, right? I will not not leave thee, neither will I not not forsake thee. Why did God have to say it that many times? He knows. He knows our heart. He knows our struggle. And that's why I love the word of God. The word made flesh, Jesus. Because he speaks to those places in our heart that only he knows about. He speaks directly to them. And when you go back and if you write things down and you read through your journals, you can see a theme. Like he's been speaking this to me for years. Trust me. Trust me. I will take care of you. I will take care of you. Don't put your hope in man. No. Because man's going to fail you. But I won't. I won't. Lord, as you've said in your word, let it be so. And let me rest. Rest in that. Leads me to my next point before we close out. God's faithfulness is unconditional. Do you know that? Do you know why I say that? That his faithfulness is unconditional? Because it's who he is. It's who he is. He doesn't change. Psalm 89, verses 30 to 37. I don't think I have all those verses there. Let me read it through here. 89, verses 30 to 37. If his sons forsake my law and do not walk in my judgments, if they break my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgressions with the rod and their iniquities with stripes. Nevertheless, nevertheless, my loving kindness I will not utterly take from him, nor allow my faithfulness to fail. My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. We just read this earlier. His seed shall endure forever, referring to Jesus, and his throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever like the moon, even like the faithful witness in the sky. Selah. Meditate on that. Charles Spurgeon says, man fails at all points, but God in none. To be faithful is one of the eternal characteristics of God, in which he always places a great part of his glory. His truth is one of his particular treasures and crown jewels and he will never endure that it should be tarnished in any degree. You know, reality is our Heavenly Father stands with arms wide open to us at all times. We can come to him at any time. Even if we walk away from him, we can come back to him. If we hear his voice calling us to come back, we can come back to him. And we could trust in his faithfulness to hold us from going under. It's kind of like when you, if you remember when you were a kid, maybe you had a pool in the backyard or a family member had a pool and for the first time they were saying to you, come on, jump, 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 jump. And it's kind of hesitant. It's like, well, how do I know you're really going to catch me? I'm not jumping in that pool. You're going to probably walk away and make me drown. 
But you did that, can't you? How much more, your Heavenly Father? Saying, don't stay where it's safe. I'm going to catch you. Just step out in faith. Because I'm faithful. You can trust me. You can trust me in this. Whatever the, this is for you. We can rest a whole weight. Remember, like I said earlier, leaning into him. Leaning into who he is. Confident that he'll never forsake us. That he is there with us. This comes from the Bible study, these questions. Whom else can we trust so implicitly? Who else extends unconditional and love and faithfulness at all times? Do you know of anyone else? Who else offers the surety of unfailing love, which is new every morning? Remember Lamentations. Who else calls us to abandon trust with the assurance that we will never be left alone? God alone is worthy to hear, great is your faithfulness. And you know what was so neat when I, I think I was sharing with you when I was wondering, do we do this study? And I was looking for Bible studies and when I reviewed the first chapter, it had like the A.W. Tozer book, The Knowledge of the Holy, and I know the guys are going through that, and then I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, the Lord has definitely been speaking to me about these things here. So he just kept confirming, yeah, I, I want you to do this Bible study with the women. So Jeff has no idea what this book is about. So I'm working on the first chapter. This was a couple of weeks ago. And as I'm going through the first chapter and just praying over it, I came to the end of it. And he's upstairs putting together a song list for the church. And I'm saying, what's he singing up there? And he was singing, great is thy faithfulness to me. And I was like, hey, Lord, I hear you loud and clear. I should never doubt you again for the rest of my life because you are so clearly speaking. So... And then when I went to buy it, this is, this is like really cool. When I went to buy this and when I went to check out, my Amazon credit that I had was the price, the exact price with shipping and tax for this book. It cost me nothing. I was like, okay, Lord, why do I doubt you? I mean, why do I doubt you? He's faithful. He's faithful to lead us and guide us and to speak to us and show us the way to go. He's faithful. He does, but we have to lean into him. We got to take that time to sit, to quiet ourselves so that we can hear what he's saying to us, whether through the Holy Spirit or through the word of God or through a song. I mean, as Jeff was saying that song, I was like, yeah, we're supposed to do this. Pretty clear. God is good. He knows what we need. And he knows what he's preparing us for, all of us. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but he does. And he truly is preparing us. I believe that with all my heart. So for the homework, strengthening your faith. She has in there, choose a scripture from this chapter. I have in parentheses or a song. Or you might want to pick other scriptures. You might want to do a study on God's faithfulness. There's a ton of scriptures on his faithfulness. This is just a little snippet that we looked at tonight that particularly assures you of God's faithfulness. Meditate upon it. You can write it down either in your own words or you can find a, a, a helpful dictionary writing in a different format if you want or a different verse, different translation personalize it with your name or a personal pro pronoun. You might feel prompted to write the verse as a special word from the Lord just for you. I mean, the Lord does give you verses, right, that are just yes, for you. Yes. And throughout this week, pray over your verse to help strengthen your faith. For example, 
I wrote down here. I, as your father, want you to be content with what you have. I think it's in there. In fact, what you have is me. And contrary to material things, I will always be with you. I will never abandon you. Put your faith in me. Don't be afraid of anyone. Interesting, that's how we started, right? Because I am your helper and faithful father. I am who I am. I am who I am, he says. So Ephesians 4, verse 1 through 17 and 19 the Apostles' Prayer there, I keep asking, and Lord, I do ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we might know you better and that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which you've called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparable great power towards us to believe, who believe. He wants us to know him in a greater way. And Lord, I do pray that as we went through the study, that you would continue to reveal your faithfulness to us in so many different ways, Lord, throughout the week. So we can testify and encourage one another with those realities, with those truths, and especially the next generation, Lord. I think of the younger ones, Lord. I pray that you would come to them and reveal to them your faithfulness in whatever situation they find themselves in and they're praying about, Lord. I pray that we would really know you as Abba Father and that we would rest in that reality and not worry about anything else, but just put our trust in you, our hope in you, our faith in you, just as we see the children in this church leaning their head on their daddies, Lord, safe and secure. I pray that we would be that way with you. Use these children, these babies, to show us how you want us to be. Yes. Teach us, Lord, how to become like that little child that you told us, you, you said they are the ones that enter the kingdom of God, Lord. So I pray that you would be with us tonight, get everyone home safe, and I thank you for helping us. Lord, thank you for helping me with this talk. I, I just love you, Jesus, yes. amen. Amen. So next week, we're gonna look at doubt, encountering doubt. Why do we doubt? So we'll be looking at that topic. Can you tell me in the beginning, you said 